Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which engages us is the first three verses of the epistle lesson for today where St. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, beginning with verse 1, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Thus far the text. Dear friends in Christ, in 1979, after the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team won the World Series, they acquired the nickname The Family because of the close relationships that the players and the coaches on that team had. The Hall of Fame first baseman on that team, the late Willie Stargell, described that unity on that team when he once said, we came from many different races and we were raised in many different economic brackets, but in the clubhouse and on the field, we were one. In a similar way, we here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri, come from many different backgrounds. For example, we have people of vastly different ages. We have people who have been Christians all of their lives, and some who more recently have been called to faith in Jesus Christ. We have people who have been Lutherans all their lives some of them members of this very congregation all of their lives, and others who have been Lutheran for only a matter of months or even weeks. And yet, despite the variety of backgrounds, as a result of God's working in our midst, we all share the forgiveness of all of our sin. We all share together victory over death and the grave, and we also are united together with one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Not only united with one another, but united with all the saints in the faith who have gone before us and with all the saints in the faith who will come after us. And this unity is not something that we have created or manufactured. In fact, we are incapable of manufacturing and making that unity. It is the work of God in our midst. More specifically, it is the work of the one Spirit whom we share, working through the one baptism that we share, creating faith in the one Lord Jesus Christ whom we share, all under the authority of the one God and Father whom we also share. It is all God's work in our midst. And did you notice how many times Paul uses the word one in verses four and five of our epistle lesson in order to emphasize the unity that we have? He uses it seven times, describing us as one body with one spirit, one faith, one hope, one Lord, one baptism, under one God and Father. It's as if in these verses God is going out of his way to both describe and emphasize the unity that we have together 
as brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, although we cannot manufacture or make this unity in our midst, there are ways with the help of God that we can demonstrate this unity in our midst. We're going to do that in just a few minutes following this sermon. As together we confess the words of the creed. We say individually, I believe, but of course corporately together we are all confessing the very same thing the very same Christian faith. A wonderful demonstration of the unity of both heart and mind that God has created in our midst. And with the help of God, we can also demonstrate this unity as we seek to live in love and harmony with one another. Caring for one another and about one another as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ people with many different backgrounds, but united in Christ. And there are at least two things that we need to remember as we seek with the help of God to demonstrate this unity and harmony in our midst. The first is that Satan will be eager to destroy it. Just consider how he destroyed the unity and the harmony that our first parents, Adam and Eve, had with God. Adam and Eve were created in the image of God. They had a perfect unity with God. And Eve was created out of Adam. She and Adam had a perfect harmony. But then, following that successful temptation at the hands of Satan, that unity and that harmony was destroyed. Even to such an extent as that when God came to inquire of Adam and Eve what had happened, Adam ends up blaming both Eve and God, saying it was the woman that you gave me. Satan will be eager to destroy any unity that we have with God and any harmony that we have with one another. And let's be frank and candid to say that over the next couple of years, Satan is going to have some excellent opportunities here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in order to try and destroy that unity and that harmony that we have. We've launched into more than a $9 million building program for our school, and we have also launched into a search for our next senior pastor, who hopefully will be able to serve here for a long time to come. Many congregations don't do either of those things for decades. We're doing them simultaneously. And to be sure, there might be some bumps in the road along the way, and it's during those bumpy times that Satan will be particularly eager and particularly active trying to destroy the unity that we have with God and the harmony that we have with one another. But second in our text, Paul urges the Ephesians and us to be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And he lists four different Christ-like attitudes that the gospel produces in us as we interact with one another. I'm going to take them in two groups of two. The first two are humility and gentleness. 
Now, unfortunately, that old sinful nature that we still carry around with us and the world in which we live would encourage us and motivate us to be self-centered, self-focused, self-promoting, seeking first our own needs and our own desires before those of others, for it is the way of sin to always turn us in on ourselves. And we are tempted to do and act that way at times, even in the church. But of course, humility and gentleness are just the opposite of self-seeking, self-promoting, self-demanding. In fact, they are looking at others as being more important than ourselves, seeking their needs and their desires before our own, treating them with the respect and dignity that they deserve as brothers and sisters in Christ. And what better example of humility and gentleness could we have than that of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who put our needs as sinful humans above his own. As Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, although he was fully God, Christ did not count equality with God something to be grasped onto or held onto, but instead emptied himself, took on the form of a servant, and humbled himself, being obedient unto death, even death on a cross. The second two Christ-like attributes which the gospel produces in us as we interact with one another is patience and bearing with one another in love. Sometimes these phrases are translated being long-suffering with one another. And that very term indicates that there might be times when interactions with even our brothers and sisters in Christ are not pleasant or are not joy-filled. It's at these times that I pray that we will be especially eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Even when someone doesn't agree with your opinion, even when you cannot believe that someone else is espousing the position that they are stating, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. May God work in each of us to bring those attributes out in the coming years. And know that he will. For in our, in our epistle lesson, Paul also writes that when Christ ascended into heaven, he gave gifts to his church. And in a couple of verses later, Paul lists those gifts apostles, prophets, missionaries, shepherds or pastors and teachers. The one thing that all of these have in common is the Word of God. For it is through the Word of God, written, spoken, and proclaimed, and taught, and through the sacraments administered, that God not only maintains the unity and the harmony that we have, but strengthens it and fortifies it. Today, we're very happy to be installing only the second vicar that St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere, Missouri has had in our 169-year history. 
Tanner Wade is a young man who desires nothing more than to be used by God in the future to proclaim and teach that same word of God, to administer his sacraments so that through him and through these, God might continue his work of calling, gathering, enlightening, and unifying his church. Much of what Tanner learns about being a pastor, he's going to learn here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church over the coming year. And Tanner and Whitney, we pray that this coming year will be a blessing to both of you, even as you continue to be a blessing in our midst as well. You know, it's interesting that in a world that sometimes seems so divided and so hostile, in a world where civility seems at times to be in such short supply, isn't it refreshing that we can gather here each and every week and experience firsthand the unity that we have with our God and the harmony that we have with one another? It's my prayer that especially over the coming couple of years, God will be at work in our midst and make us especially eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. May God so grant it for Jesus' sake. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.